We're back with another episode of Mommy Wines with your favorite wine mom, Emma Dawn. Tune in while she shares her motherhood experiences, introduces you to motivational and empowering special guests, and sips away your sins in the Mommy Wines Confessional. Mom life can sometimes get lonely and overwhelming, so she created this relatable, inclusive, and supportive space for us to be ourselves. Let loose, enjoy a glass of wine, and laugh. Get ready for today's episode. Here's Emma. Hey, wine moms. I am proud to say and celebrate that One Hope Wines has reached over $6 million in donations. One Hope's award-winning wines are made by some of the most acclaimed winemakers in the industry. Blending traditional winemaking methods with modern techniques, each exquisite bottle becomes a catalyst for change. One Hope's commitment to high-quality wine is just as important as their commitment to the causes they support. Through the sale of every bottle, One Hope has donated over $6 million to impactful causes around the world. They have built a school in Guatemala, funded over 19,000 days of clinical trials for breast cancer research, planted an entire forest in Indonesia, provided over 3 million meals for children in need, and found over 80 thousand pets forever homes if you're going to sip then sip with purpose onehopewines.com backslash my shop backslash mommy wines and if you have a cause that you would like to support send me a message on instagram i would love to host a wine fundraiser with you check out the link in the show notes below that i'm super excited to have you on the show today uh, me too. Thanks. I'm happy Hello. to be here. Oh. Awesome. Well, I noticed on Instagram that you are a certified wine educator and you even hold your own educational workshops. Um, I am an educator. It's what I do. But I actually have the WSET diploma in wine and spirits, which is um, just, a. I mean, it's a three, it, well, because I have the one in wine and spirits. It was a three-year degree, basically, right? So it's a little bit more intense than CWE um, because you also had to take the previous uh, qualifications. So uh, in order to take that one. And then I've been in the master wine program. I was in that for two years, um, but I had to come out of it in 2018. So, and I was going to go back in this year, but COVID had other plans for me. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I know it's been such a bummer. I wish it would just go away. Yeah, me too. But I've I've been watching some of your IGTVs, and it looks like you are, you know, utilizing Instagram to you know, educate people on wines from all over the world. What kind of got you into wine in the first place? Let's do a little background. Sure. Um, you know, I used to be a singer-songwriter. That's what I did um, for years. And I came off the road in 2006. And I was invited by a um, 
a writing colleague of mine. He was managing a store and he said, I, I knew I was either going to go back to school or do something. And uh, I didn't want to be 50 sleeping on somebody's couch. So I just, <laughs> he said, why don't you come work? You know enough about wine to be dangerous. Why don't you come and work in the store? And I'm like, I can't go work retail. And to me, it was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get paid six bucks an hour. I don't think so. So anyway, it turned out that it wasn't $6 an hour and it was much more than that. And, uh, you know, I just thought, well, I'll go do this until I figure out, you know, and just try to get an idea of what I want to do. And within two weeks, I was like, oh my God, I love this. I don't know anything. And so, <laughs> and then once I found out there was an academic, uh, program to study that was international because the WSET is an international program where um, like, for example, the certified wine educator, which is a great program, but that's an American program. So uh, not knowing where I might end up at some point in my life or whatever, I wanted to make sure if I was going to spend money on something, I wanted it to be something that would be recognized anywhere I went in the world. And um, makes sense. yeah. And so I just, I just never looked back. So uh, I have been in the wine industry um, for 13 years. So, you know, running, I have run large retail stores and I have worked distribution. And the last two years, I ran the distribution company that I worked for. And I went out on my own. I mean, I've always had my education classes going on the side. I used to write and teach all the classes for Whole Foods Salud, which was their cooking school. And um, okay, in Nashville, Tennessee, they only have five of them. They only had five of them because they closed this year. But um, yeah, mm -hmm. I did that all the time. And then I just always knew that I wanted to go out and consult and do my own thing and teach in uh so 2020 was the big year when I took the gig, the, the running the company gig for the guys that own the company. I said, that's okay, but I can only do this until 2020 and then I'm, I'm gone. And uh, anyway, so <laughs> that's kind of, yeah. And so this is completely what I do, which a lot of people on Instagram, which is awesome. People are discovering wine and they're studying and stuff, but they also have, you know, it's not their gig. And they, or they've never worked in the industry, right? Right. So, yeah. Have you been looking for the right opportunity to finally leave behind your daunting nine to five and live that laptop lifestyle you've been dreaming of? No, no, no. This isn't another get rich quick scheme or some MLM. What I'm talking about here is bookkeeping. And yes, you heard me right. Bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is how I am able to live my life without choosing between a career and my son, and how I am living and working around a schedule that's best for our lives, not someone else or office hours. Bookkeeping is one of the oldest administrative positions around, making this not only a common and respected career choice, but with today's technology and cloud-based programs, a position that's in demand and able to be done from anywhere. Bookkeeping is perfect for parents who want or need to work from home, military spouses who have no idea where they're going to be next, college students. If you're studying finance, why not get real on-the-job experience now? 
retirees, and frequent travelers. Maybe you don't want to carry around a lot of inventory or you don't want to do any heavy lifting. This is perfect. You can work wherever you're connected. Basically, anyone who wishes to leave behind the chains of a cubicle, go ahead and check out edjconsultinggroup.com. My home bookkeeping masterclass is available under the resources page, but if you would like to join my team of remote bookkeepers, check out the My Team page at edjconsultinggroup.com. That's Well, that's awesome. I love having like wine educators on the show because I have never, like, I'm definitely not interested in wine or like not, I am interested. I'm not educated. (laughs) So I love to get little, little tips and a lot of my audience and a lot of the moms who listen to the show are also, um, you know, either developing a passion for wine or just now getting into wine. I noticed what kind of got me into it is I used to make um, a couple punches and sangria type things around the holidays, but I never really got into wine until after I had my son. And now that I'm over 30 and I'm a mom, I feel like my body changed a lot and I just can't do like the hard liquor. So I kind of moved into wine. It's a little bit softer. Um, little bit like easier drinking than you know maybe some hard liquors out there but I love hearing um like little tips and kind of like different trying new wines and pairing them with different things yeah well excellent well and my and I should say that even though I actually teach WSET along like with the a colleague that owns a school here. I my passion is consumers, so my passion is consumer wine education for people that, um, just as you've kind of described yourself, people that are interested in wine and want to learn a little bit more about it, but also and understand what they're drinking and try new things and um, expand if they want to, or just understand it, what it is exactly that they're drinking. So. Um, yeah, that's exactly actually my favorite people to teach. I, I do Zoom classes. I had a Zoom class the other night and it was, it was private Zoom with a family. They couldn't get together for Thanksgiving. So they decided to do this Zoom class and they picked, you know, I have a bazillion uh, topics to choose and they picked big, bold reds. And um, yeah, we went through, yeah, we I sent them a list of wines, styles, and countries, uh, like specific wines, and then we covered kind of them all. And uh, so, yeah, do you, I mean, if you have any questions, or do you have anything you kind of want me to to talk about in specific? Um, oh yeah, I was actually I was going to ask you how COVID has kind of changed the wine education you know, area, because I assumed you probably did a lot of like either like, like gathering kind of yes. things, but you already answered my question. You're do- you're switching over to Zoom. Well, I've had to do that. I have been fortunate in Nashville. There is, there's uh, been a place that I have been doing classes for the last few years, and it's a specific group of people. There's about 50 people that are kind of diehard and they kind of rotate around. Um, 
and they're all super, super responsible. So we didn't do them for a few months, but then, um, you know, we, it's in a very big, big space, like enough to hold 200 people very comfortably. And there's only 16 people allowed. And and now they're two nights in a row because everybody wants to come to them, but everything is, everybody's spaced (laughs) out like eight feet apart. Everybody wears masks. It's a class, you know, so nobody's wandering around or anything like that. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, and all the wines, we pre-pour all the wines for everybody, like the wines they're going to try. And then we just kind of go through it and everybody's been really respectful and really great. And so that's been, a, a, I'll be honest, that's been kind of a light. But other than that, yes, Zoom, um, Zoom has been the alternative. I'm not going to say it's not been challenging, but it is, it is the <laughs> alternative um, because you can't, and I'll just be honest here, like legally in many states, it's illegal to ship wines, right? And there's a lot of, I mean, a lot right. of people are working for companies that are doing that illegally, but um, I can't, I, I'm not one of those people. So I've been approached by a few people, but I'm, I'm like, I can't do that. Cause I, I consider myself in the wine industry and, and like, I know the laws quite well. And so I just, you know. And plus you're competing with retail stores, which is kind of my like private retail. So, so my point being is it's more challenging because everybody kind of has to go out and like, you give them a list of wines and you can't expect everybody to buy all five wines that you're going to cover because that's a lot of wine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but, it, but it's been working, you know, and I, I think that the interaction is, is really great. And then people, you know, actually sharing with each other, uh, what they're tasting in the wine. If we can get the same wine, it's really great. Like I try to do that, but with the market being um, so diverse in all the different states, if people are coming together from across the country in different states, then sometimes they have different, well, most times they have different products that they're, that they have in. So um, because I always try to also, uh, you know, never choose anything that's in a grocery store because I try to focus on smaller products. That doesn't mean expensive. That just means um, something that you might not normally seek out all the time because you might not know what it, what it is by the label or, you know, you've just never had the opportunity to try it before. Okay. I have to tell you a secret. Coffee is literally one of my food groups. Having my son home with me all year Expanding my practice, EDJ Consulting Group, relaunching my super fun and spooky podcast, Tales After Dark, and running our eco-friendly pet shop, The Fetching Barker, it's honestly what keeps me moving and retaining the little bit of sanity I have left. Coffee Over Cardio is my go-to lifesaver. It's owned and operated by female entrepreneur, Abby Scott, and it's all carb-free, sugar-free, keto-friendly and gluten-free. Like, seriously? It's totally guilt-free. With super fun flavors like birthday cake, cinnamon bun, French toast, vanilla hazelnut, my favorite, and so many more, you can't go wrong. Coffee Over Cardio even has all your coffee accessories like tumblers, frothers, creamers, and my must-have hydrate that you can add to coffee or water upping the flavor and the hydration with electrolytes. 
Abby is seriously a genius. Get 10% off when you use code 10EMADON and free shipping on orders over 85. Once again, that's code 10EMADON. The link is in the show notes below. So Zoom is it. (laughs) (laughs) I like little gatherings like that. I like trying new things and, and getting out there. I do get the wine laws though. I, in order for me to expand my podcast and stop turning down offers, um, I actually had to move out of the state of Utah and come back over here to Nevada. Um, just because I was turning away like sponsorships and, and work and, you know, opportunities. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore. So I left Utah this year to come back over here to Nevada I'm still not that far. I'm three hours away. I just needed to cross the border to to get the wine. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I love, um, especially, like, smaller wineries. That's something I was really hoping to get into this year. Um, unfortunately, obviously, COVID happened. Um, my son is four, and he is absolutely obsessed with trains and where we are. Um, there is an Amtrak that goes straight into Napa Valley's wine country. Um, so I was like, okay, well there's, you know, you get your train, I get my wine and then we can just hit the train back after the weekend and come home. Oh, that's awesome. That's, oh, well, I mean, there's always next year. Yes. We are keeping our fingers crossed for next year. Uh, but I have heard actually like I feel like my past I've had quite a few Nashville guests just recently oh, really so yes I had style with a sip she's down in Nashville I had my my best friend and my business partner who's in Murfreesboro okay. um which is where I might be moving to sooner or later um and I who else was in Nashville? There there was another guest I had on recently that was in Nashville. Um, but what is the wine scene down there? Are there wineries in the state of Tennessee? Are there a lot of local wines to Nashville? Not particularly. I mean, I'm not gonna say okay, so I'm not gonna say there's not local wineries. There are local wineries. Um, this isn't a place. Uh, this isn't a state that really grows vitis vinifera, right? So like Cabernet and and those kind of great varieties that most people are used to drinking are not grown here. Um, I used to work, I worked for City Winery for three okay. years in the winery. Uh, when they, they opened a location here in 2015. And so I was the assistant to the winemaker, like not the assistant winemaker, but the assistant to the winemaker. And so I worked for three years part-time, full-time during harvest. And um, and so what we, had, what they did at the time, they don't do that anymore, but they, we used to haul like hand-harvested grapes from California, Oregon, and Washington across the country in like a 37 degree, um, you know, refrigerated truck. And then we would process them all here. You know, we would sort, the, stem and sort and make wine. And um, so that was really interesting. Um, but so an urban winery, basically making like real wine that you would, you know, 
just as as good as anything you're getting out of California that is not super expensive, um, considering it was trucked across the country, but most of it came here pretty darn good shape, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pr- surprisingly familiar with that process. Um, years ago, I used to work for a logistics company and in my department, we did a lot of uh, refrigerated trucking, huh. um, and we would get loads all the time uh, of, like, produce coming out of Napa Valley. And then when I was living in Utah, um, Utah is bar- basically, like, a barren desert. No matter where you are, north or south, it's either, like, rocks and heat, or it's, like, mountainous and, and cold. Um, so... But there's also, even when I was living in Salt Lake, there's still a couple, like like you said, urban wineries in the area, and they would do the same thing. They would bring their grapes down from Oregon and California and kind of process everything there in Salt Lake. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it, it isn't, it's, it's interesting because it's not as uncommon as you think it is. And of course, you being in Utah, it's a lot closer to wine country than it is all the way out here. But- um, yeah, there are there are a couple like there's Arrington Vineyards, which is down in the south here, and uh, I mean they grow some hybrids. So you you know you have the hybrid grapes that are you know uh, basically the two different like or maybe even three different actual uh, species: Vitis vinifera with you know Labrusco, that's American species with the European species, and they're they're. They cross those so they're hybrid and it's basically so that they are able to grow in this uh, climate or, you know, you do have people making muscadine or scuppernog or things like that. Um, there is a little bit of uh, Norton here, um, which is synth- they call Cynthiana. I'm not for- sure if you're familiar with Norton, but I am so not. It's, a, it's an American, um, you know, uh, species and it's more known though in like Virginia and those areas so and, and it's actually one of the American species that the rest of the wine world would say huh this isn't too bad <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds terrible but I mean you know so, this isn't terrible. well it's, it's you know it's obviously um it evolved here to to go with the climates, the climate and the soil and all the rest of it, right? So, I mean, there is a little bit of that. Um, as far as that goes, I, and then I have, I have, I know some people that actually grow some different hybrids and stuff like that. They're just making some wine, which is kind of fun. Um, so it's, for me, after, with, with my studying, because it's, there's lots of science involved, it's quite fascinating. Um, yeah, that's all very fascinating. But we don't we don't really have any super serious wineries, I guess you could say, um, around here. Not at the moment. So, the Fetching Barker is owned and operated by Milo, my four year old son, an inspiration behind all that I do. Zeppelin, our rescue ESA Golden Doodle, and myself, your wacky and adventurous wine sipping podcast host. Shop the most fetching and eco-friendly, natural, and handcrafted dog supplies. The Fetching Barker has everything your pup needs and so much more. From toys to travel essentials, 
a wide line of CBD and hemp products, snacks and treats, and so much more. Shop your favorite brands like Pet Head, Beko Pets, Papilla, Petalton Pet, or find new brands that I'm sure you're going to love. Visit thefetchingbarker.com and feel good that a portion of all profits go to support global conservation efforts. That's thefetchingbarker.com. So as a professional in the wine industry, I love smooth, white, simple drinking kind of wines. But as a professional, what are your kind of favorite wines and favorite regions? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I get asked this question every time I teach. This is so funny. And I <laughs> don't, so I don't really have a specific wine. Um, if you said to me, Billy, you can only drink from two countries the rest of your life. Um, then I would, that would be a question I could answer at this point. At this moment in my life, it would be France and Italy, uh, sim- simply okay. because they, you know, I mean, have so many, especially, I mean, Italy especially has so many different vitis vinifera, like so many different wine, like uh, varieties of it is vinifera and they, they just make so many different wines that you could never get bored. And, um, and I'm a person that I either have a wine that I want to drink and decide what I'm going to eat with it, or I, um, know what I'm making for dinner. And then I choose the wine because I'm, I pretty much mostly only drink wine when I eat. So. Oh. Yeah. I see. I always drink it after I eat. Yeah, it's very. I never. It's like, very American. Drink. It really is. It's not. It's not something that evolved. We didn't. We didn't evolve with wine the same way that Europe did, right? I mean, so we're just. It's a. Uh, it's uh, something. But I will be honest with you. The health benefits from wine only come with when you eat and drink at the same time. Oh yeah. really. See, I did not know that. I'm learning something. Yeah, there's a process that goes on in your gut and uh, with resveratrol, which is an antioxidant. And it only works when other things in your stomach are oxidized at the same time. So it only is present in that form when there is other things in your stomach that is that is fighting with everything. So... Um, but if you're just drinking wine, um, so um, alcohol in general, like a glass a day is good for your heart, good for all sorts of different things, right? Um, but so you're kind of getting that benefit, but you're not getting that benefit of, for a lot of people that drink red wine, for resveratrol, um, those antioxidant purposes, you're not getting those health benefits unless you are consuming wine at the same time you are eating. See, I'm going to have to try that because growing up, my grandma only ever let us have water with a meal. She said anything else, it's going to throw off. Like you can't have like a soda in a meal or like she wouldn't like or milk or juice. It would be water and then we could have whatever we wanted to drink after. And I feel like there's some things as you're growing up that you (laughs) kind of 
like subconsciously yeah. carry over into For your sure. adult life because I was just talking about this the other day with a friend of mine and we were like going out to get lunch for probably one of the last times before the shutdown comes back around and I always get a water with no ice just like a glass of water and then I I always order a drink if I want something afterwards um even if it's like a soda or like a juice or something not even like a wine but typically I always drink it like I always order it towards the end of my meal instead of at the beginning and she kind of like was like like why do you do that and I was like I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. Well, I so, you, so I have a question for you then when you, this was your grandmother, right? So was right. when you were a kid, did you drink tons of water? I did. I've all, oh, I've always. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I love water too. That's what I drink. I don't drink juice or soda or anything else. I drink water, wine and coffee, but um, those, um, I, <laughs> I was going to say like, I'm, probably part of the I'm going to guess part of the reason you're a mom you know this part of the reason your grandmother did that because if you had a soda or some juice or something with it then you would just haul that down and then not eat your food and it fill up your stomach probably so um makes sense so that then if you know water is I mean not generally as appealing to drink hordes of well, you know what I mean? Like, but, but with wine, I mean, I totally get what you're saying with wine, wine is a food and, um, you know, it's the only agricultural, I mean, truly, if you took a bowl of grapes and you threw it on the counter and you left it sit there for a long time, eventually it will turn into wine. It might not be very good or whatever, but you can't throw a bowl of barley <laughs> on the counter and ignore it. It's not going to turn into beer and it's not going to turn into whiskey. Do you know what I mean? is the hand of man yeah um so does actually making wine in many ways just to be good but it's a natural it's a natural product i'm just saying so it naturally ferments on its own without any help um and so if you think about that and you think about it as a fermented product versus you know soda or juice or water in your stomach at the same time it it has more of a um it almost like an affiliation right because it's it's um it, it, it just in, in and of itself, the very act of it, because it's fermented is right. I mean, all the fermented foods we're supposed to be eating like kimchi and all those things. It is, uh, it really works oh, yeah. really well with food. So you can just consider it just like having beans on your plate. <laughs> way better than beans, maybe. Yeah, just way better. <laughs> or something than that you can, you can imagine that you don't like or that you love or something. I don't know. But um, I'm definitely going to have to try it because, you know, I don't want to waste all the benefits. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody can drink wine, drink things the way they want to. Obviously, you can do whatever you want. But it, it is pretty amazing, too. And you get a really great food and wine pairing as well. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, a, ah, this is why people do this. So... Are you a fan of the Mommy Wines podcast? Well, of course you are, or you wouldn't be hearing this right now. One of the best ways to support the show you love, besides obviously tuning in every Wine Wednesday for new episodes, is shopping the Mommy Wines merch store on teespring.com. 
This is where you'll find all of the Mommy Wines branded goodness, mugs to hold your coffee over cardio morning java, iPhone and Samsung cases, premium ultra soft hoodies perfect for upcoming cooler months, and of course flowy teas and tanks flattering on every mommy out there. Go shop the Mommy Wine storefront on teespring.com and make sure to use code WINEMOM for free shipping. So one thing I was curious about is I see that you share a lot of wine on your Instagram, but in the past month or so, what has been two wines that you've tried and absolutely loved? Oh, oh wow. You do this to me. My goodness. Can I go through my Instagram feed? I'm just kidding. This is so... Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that, and I haven't put it on my Instagram feed yet. It's to come. Um, I had a Baga, which is a great variety and, um, from, uh, Barreira in Portugal region. It's a red. It's, uh, okay. So beautiful and lovely and so good. I'm really, and I'm really into food wines, right? So there's just so many, um, that I've had that I really, really absolutely love. I love champagne. So, um, but I will also say maybe wines that have surprised me a bit. I've had some wine recently. Um, I had a Godeo, which is spelled G-O-D-E-L-L-O, from Ribera Sacra in Spain. Spanish wines. I was in Spain in 2018 for the Master Wine Symposium. And so I got a really amazing, even though I'm in the industry and stuff, you know, it's kind of, they call it the new Spain. There's all of this wine coming out of Spain right now that is uh, just just beautiful. And it's, it's people that are going and uh, young, it's always young people, right? It's always the next generation. Um, and they are kind of going back to the roots of, of making, making wine really basic, not a lot of intervention. And um, a lot of it's crunchier, fresher, you know, not so high in alcohol. I mean, still, I mean, amazingly well done and everything, but more refreshing, um, great with food, you know, more thirst quenching, that kind of thing, as opposed to super aged in oak for a long period of time. And, and some of those wines can be beautiful too. So um, I had a Menthea from one, a producer in Spain, the same producer that made the Gadeo. And he's a young guy, took over his, his grandfather's vineyards, really old vines. And those wines are just, just darling, just beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That sounds like something I would like. Like clean, simple, crisp, just like kind of smooth. I kind of well, like they're, those they're, I mean, and they are, they are smooth in their own way. There's definitely a lot of different, like, there's, there's good flavor to them in that too, though, right? Uh, and, and a little bit more than just fruit. There's a little bit more interest to it. But at the same time, yeah, it's just, and, and you know, you're supporting some small farmer and it's, you know, minimal interventional, in, you know, intervention, if any. So, you know, good for the land, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, there's, there's more and more out there like that. So Awesome. Well, where can everybody um, go ahead and share where they can find you online, 
uh, register for a workshop or follow you along sure. on social media? Um, so my company is called Through the Vines and through is spelled T-H-R-U and not the long form, but that short form, Through the Vines. And it's plural. And so it's at Through the Vines on Instagram. Uh, same with on Facebook. Uh, that is my business page. And then my website is throughthevines.com. And I am doing some specials right now. And, you know, a little bit of, this is Sunday, so it's not really Shop Small Saturday anymore. But I'm actually just putting the finishing touches on, um, there's some pretty good deals right now. I've got like some, I do one on, I also do one-on-one private sessions with people that are interested. Um, Zoom sessions, and they're personally curated for whatever you might want to know a little bit more about. So, they're our sessions oh, awesome. and, you know, if, if you book it or if you buy it for a gift or whatever, the person you get, I get in contact with them and then ask them some questions to find out basically where they are in their wine journey and what they are wanting to know more about and what they're wanting to understand more. And then I create like that hour kind of experience to make sure what to, to, to cover and everything else. And then we set an appointment and we have a face-to-face Zoom. So those are usually like a hundred bucks an hour. And right now they're 80. Um, so it's, it's a gift idea for somebody that you might really, you know, want to. Um, and they, there's actually, you know, I've sold some three and five session ones like that too. Um, a gift for people that have like so many different, and we all have a lot of, a lot of us have everything we want, right? Um, right. I was just thinking that that would be a great and unique wine, like a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's different because it is, it'll be personally curated to that person and whether they are, even if they're farther along in their wine journey and they want some mentoring or some tutoring as far as like more on the science of things, or there's concepts that they're not, they're, you know, stumbling over and that, um, it can be that, you know, uh, and or even if they're wanting to get into the business and stuff, because I do consult with companies and stuff too. So it's like uh, just anything, it can pretty much be anywhere you are in your wine journey. And then I'm also doing like there's gift cards. I've got, you know, 15% off gift cards. There's, um, you know, I'm doing some Zoom wine parties. And I'm doing, and if you're in the Nashville area, I do personal shopping for people. So for, uh, so personally curated either six or 12 bottle cases and uh, either for yourself or if it's a gift you want to buy for somebody, especially if somebody really shouldn't be, you know, getting out to wine stores and stuff right now. And, uh, and each wine bottle comes with its own instructions on how to best enjoy it. You know, whether it's with food, decanting, you know, all that kind of stuff. A little bit of information on each one of the wines. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it can be delivered if it's in the Nashville vicinity. I mean, I, like I said, can't ship. So um, so that's, but I mean, you know, if you're in Nashville, I'm more working with most of the retail stores, the small retail stores when it comes to that kind of thing, just to, to service they can offer to people that might be looking for unique gift experiences for people right so and that but that all that stuff is in my store on, oh, online <laughs> thank you so much well for thank being you my guest so today. much for having me i really appreciate it 
Um, do you have, uh, what's your favorite wine? Gonna turn the tables around here. Oh, actually, so my newest podcast sponsor is a wine okay. company called One Hope Wine. And they are based yeah, out of Napa Valley, California. Um, and their Pinot Grigio is actually my new awesome. favorite wine. I feel like that's the one I order now. When I get my boxes, I go and I pick out. I like to try to add some ones that I haven't tried yet. Um, <laughs> they don't have a ginormous selection, but I like to throw one or two in that I haven't tried, but it's like three bottles of Pinot Grigio and then a couple other ones and then some of the other ones I like. But that is my newest well, favorite. I've never tasted a What about like it that do you like? Um, I like that it's mm-hmm. it's very light. Um, it's a little bubbly. Like it's not like champagne so kind of bubbles, but it's a little it. um Yeah, it's a little bubbly. It's very light. Um, it's very smooth. And one of the things I like about actually all of the wines that I've tried from them is that I don't get any kind of like morning after feeling. Um, so I don't know if they kind of, uh, create their wines in a, maybe a more like natural way or what, but, um, I have used the pure wine wands before, um, when drinking a wine, I was like, Ooh, okay. This kind of has a funky taste. Um, I'll put the, the pure wine wand in to kind of purify it and then it's fine after that. But these ones, like, I don't get any kind of, like, hangover, even if I drink the whole bottle. Um, no kind of funky feeling. Uh, so that's one of the big things I like about it. Because I do like wine, and I like to enjoy wine and relax at the end of the night. But I also have a four-year-old running around. So I don't want something that's, like, too, too, too heavy to where I'm going to be feeling groggy. The next yes, day. well, I'm sure that that is probably one of the lighter uh, lighter alcohol wines too that they make. So that will definitely also help you not feel too groggy the next day. <laughs> it's a lower alcohol, right? Yeah. I think, cause I've, I've had, and I, I normally don't like reds at all. Um, I've tried a couple in the past that I didn't hate, but it's not like something I would reach for on the shelf again. Um, but I tried their Pinot Noir which I actually loved, um, in their red blend that I didn't think was too bad. Um, and yeah, I kind of had like, it was kind of all like a overall very similar feeling, not too heavy, no, you know, no hangover to report the next day. Oh, that's, that's the most important thing. So do you, uh, do you ever shop at a, at a wine store? Do you ever go to wine stores? I do. I have to go. um, There's one kind of in town, but I normally have to go to another town to get to like an actual wine store. I'm kind of up here in cowboy country. No, no, it's okay. Nevada. (laughs) So there's. I was just going to say. We're kind of limited on options. Oh, that's good. I was going to say, if you walk into a store sometime, you should try maybe a Vino Verde. Um, from Portugal. 
Yeah, just describing what, okay. what you like. Um, you know, it, it is light and crisp and easy to drink and uh, just another option and not too high in alcohol and, and uh, they're from Portugal. So that might be something, yeah. Oh, I like that. I've had, when I was working with nakedwines.com, I was, they have wines from independent winemakers all over the world. And there were some wines that I tried from like Portugal, mm-hmm. um, Chile, uh, Brazil. I was like very surprised. I kind of like the, the Southern. Yeah, well, it makes sense wines. because when you go, the further South you go, the, the warmer the temperature and the riper the fruit to some degree. And, um, and so they're more fruity for sure. They're easier to drink, right? Easier, riper fruit flavors to some extent. Um, the uh, Vino Verde is like green wine. That's what it means literally, but it just means because it's meant to be drank fresh and young. And, uh, but it just, you know, when you described how you, you find the One Hope Pinot Grigio, a lot of those wines are kind of right down that alley too. So, I mean, and if you were, yeah, Naked Wine, I mean, I know they have some Portuguese wines on there. They probably have Vino Verde. Um, I'm pretty positive they did have Vino Verde. But, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. To support the show you love, check out the exclusive branded merchandise on themommywines.com. For extra sassy, honest, and potentially controversial content, make sure to join me over on the Mommy Wines Patreon. Also, don't forget to check out the other shows on the MW Network. If you love scary stories and true crime, you'll love Tales After Dark. More shows are coming soon, so make sure to stay connected on social at Mommy Wines Podcast. And until next Wine Wednesday, mamas, parent and drink responsibly.